Welcome back to the Becoming More podcast, episode number 35. Here in Becoming More, we go end up talking to some amazing people about how they have changed their lives dramatically and have inspired others to work towards the same. Today, I'm joined by Keto O'Brien. He has been one of the co-hosts of the Just Add Butter podcast and his new show, I Feel Butter, which began on January 31st. Welcome, Brian. How are you today? Good, man. How are you, Brett? Doing well. Doing well. It's snowed here, so it's always fun when I have to help my neighbor shovel the whole street because we're on a private road. So that's, that's always a great way to start a Saturday, man. I mean, that's a workout right there though. That's that, that's, that's getting your workout in though. Yeah. So you should be very happy. Yeah. I don't have to do that anymore today. Um, yeah, you're done. <laughs> exactly. So Brian, uh, one thing I like to ask each guest as we start the show is what is the bottom line of your journey? Because Brian said so. Well, you know, be straightforward with you. I'm, I'm the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. So um, there's not really a bottom line to my journey. I've got to the point of where I'm at maintaining, uh, where I wanted to be. Uh, when I started my keto journey, literally I didn't have a goal in mind. Uh, well I did, but it was like 75 pounds. Cause like, like my max weight loss was like 70 pounds. So I was like, Oh, I wish I could get 75 pounds and I'll be great. And, uh, and I hit 75 pounds, like a hundred days in, like that's how quick it dropped. And so I was like, are you like, is this, for, this is like, is this freaking for real? And so like, it kind of changed my mindset of like what I could actually accomplish. And so I, I did away with the, the goal culture in my mind. Uh, Cause the goal culture, I created a reward system that I'd be like, Oh, I, I hit my goals. And so I can reward myself with crap that I, you know, that I, that I want to do. So I took that time to reflect and uh, kind of just develop new habits and kind of just go through and see what I need to actually continue this journey on. And so Truthfully, it's just, uh, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, bro. And so I'm still not beat the man. I'm going to keep doing it. So you want to throw a brother in there? Any more pro wrestling brother. references? <laughs> oh, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> all righty. Uh, so I like to ask everybody uh, as we start, just because it is a foundation that we all have is background on how you make your weight, like growing up, were you like in athletics? Were you like fat kid? Um, any experiences that led to like a gain that you saw that gotcha. when you wanted to start? Yeah. So, um, growing up, I was athletic. I, I played, uh, three sports, baseball, basketball, football, um, very athletic. Uh, I was very in shape. And then, uh, as I went through high school, uh, I kept getting hurt in, in football and towards the end of my like junior senior years when I stopped playing, cause I just, my body just couldn't handle it anymore. And so, um, I did that and started to gain a little bit of weight. And, uh, once I started college and I couldn't afford food, um, you know, I was out of my parents' house and I, like, I had to take care of myself. I had my own apartment, had my bills to pay and stuff like that. I, uh, I, I started losing weight again. So I was doing swimming. I was in like swimming in a bowling class in college. Cause you could tell my first semester, I didn't really care. I just, you know, I, I got to do what I wanted to do. And, uh, I did, I lost the weight that I gained in high school. And then roughly about five years later, when I was, uh, you moved into like a banking job. I, well, a few years later, but five years into it, like I got more sedentary and lazy, had more money in my bank account, could eat anytime I wanted to, uh, ate my feelings rather than like dealt with my feelings and emotions, uh, kind of try to bury them in nachos and, you know, cheesecake. And that's, you know, that's where it was at. And, uh, I got to the point where, um, I stress ate all the time and then I comfort ate all the time and, uh, developed an eating disorder, like binge eating, you know, and it was just, uh, Got to my highest weight one time was like 360 something. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I was like, oh, I got to take a serious look at myself. I had to take a serious look. And I uh, started, a, started with this thing called Advocare. And uh, 
it's massive. Like it's there. It holds, it, it hosts a lot of bowl games for, you know, college football. So there's that, <laughs> but the, uh, um, they had like a 24 or 21 day system reset and all that stuff. Basically it's like every other day you shoot your pants. That's the, the whole, you know, the, the whole fun part about it. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Right. So for like three months I did that. Um, and I mean, you get to ship your pants for free. Uh, Kmart reference there for you, man. But the uh, I started that and I lost about 65, 70 pounds. And I was like, man, I'm in like two X's. I'm no longer in four X's. I'm looking, I'm looking juicy. I'm looking good. And I rewarded myself. Uh, I had this reward system where I was like, oh, I hit my goal weight. I'm fine. I'm, I'm below 300. And uh, I did that. And I yo-yoed for 10 years or so, like lose 50 gain 60, lose 80, gain 89. Uh, and it just like, it was a rotation and, uh, it didn't, it, it took me until I started doing keto, uh, to like wake up. And it was like, during my keto journey, I got like one month into it. And usually this would like derail me. I got a kidney stone. And so, and it wasn't from keto. It was from my, my past failures in my diet history. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I thought I was dying. Like I literally told my wife to call an ambulance because I, 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 I thought I was dying. Uh, she convinced me not because we're not paying $20,000 to run into the, the hospital. So, you know, I, I got up, got in there and found out I had a kidney stone. But during that process, man, I had a, I found out that I have um, extremely high blood pressure. And so we're talking about stroke levels high. So it was like mm-hmm. 210 over like 115, oh, wow. like, like there was more surprise about my blood pressure than my pain, you know? And I was like, I don't mm-hmm. care about my blood pressure. I care about what I'm feeling right now. And I kept saying, Oh, it's just really high because of the pain. And they're like, well, it shouldn't be that high for that pain. All right. So we're going to pick back up. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty where Brian was talking about his stroke level blood pressure, stroke level blood pressure. So they're more concerned about that. I was in like severe pain, man. And like, I was like, this is, this is not great. And so I kept telling them, Hey, like maybe the pain is elevating my blood pressure. Like, well, it would, but it'd be like, slightly high blood pressure not stroke level high blood pressure so they got my pain i think i got some like good like morphine shit man like it was like i felt good i got to fall asleep like it was it was one of those fun times um and so they woke me up after like my pain levels started to decrease and they're like hey we're gonna administer some blood pressure medicine to you to see if we can uh reduce your blood pressure to get it to a safe level where we're comfortable for releasing you and uh, you need to go to see a, like a primary, your, your primary care physician. And I was like, I don't, I don't trust doctors, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, uh, and uh, they're like, no, seriously, you need to, because this is very dangerous. And I was like, oh, okay. So they got my blood pressure down, but it was still like 180 over 90. So it was still stupid high. And uh, they said, we're going to release you. You're going to get a blood pressure medicine and you need to find a primary care physician. So uh, I, my brother showed up to the hospital that night and my wife was there with me. Uh, but he showed up and he was like, Hey, my doctor, you know, he's accepting new patients. He's a good guy. He's younger. Uh, you'd feel comfortable with him. So I, I made an appointment like two or three days later, went in there, did a test, uh, blood test. And they told me I had like, I was pre-diabetic and I was like, Holy crap. Like, are you serious? Like it just like woke me up. And so from that mindset, I realized that I couldn't reward myself anymore to where I thought it was. And so I, the goal culture went completely out. Um, that I was like, okay, I need to get to where I want to be and just see what I can do. And, uh, after losing 75 pounds, I was like, Oh, let's see how fast I can lose 80, 85, 90, 90. And then like within like six months, I'm down a hundred pounds. And I was, or all oh, nine months, I was down a hundred pounds. And I was like, crap, like this is actually like swerking. And then the lowest weight I got to was like two thirteen, And 
uh, at that point I had lost over 125 pounds. Uh, and now I'm like maintaining 110 pound loss. And so I've gained 15, 16 pounds of it, uh, which is, you know, just completely normal. My body's found where it's working weight is. And man, it just, uh, that's what woke me up. That's what kept me going and why I keep doing this. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, heard, heard, heard similar stories before. I haven't heard the 210 blood pressure. That's uh, yeah, it was scary as shit. Uh, it's, I, I, I know I wouldn't, mine, re- I wouldn't recommend it, man. So, yeah, yeah, I know mine when I was in the hospital was like 170 something, and that was bad. But, um, so, so as, as you're like losing the weight, did you start to increase your activity level a lot, or did you so, like do it slowly? For the, I did it slowly. So, for the first, um, for the first few months, I, uh, I just, just did the weight. I just did the, the diet. I did keto. I didn't in- implement anything. Cause I was like, I don't want to like try to do too much and then hurt myself. Uh, and so about five months into the journey, I'd lost about over like about 80 pounds. And I started implementing more, um, physical exercises, more cardio based exercises. And I started running, uh, again, where it didn't hurt my knees. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it was, uh, started doing that and I started doing yoga. I got really into yoga. Apparently guys that are named Brian, uh, are bearded and are into yoga. And I, uh, I feel really offended that people called me out on that a few days ago. And I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of hurt by it, but yeah. So I got into yoga then. And, uh, for the, that year, like that, the next six months or so, like that I did yoga and run for a long time until the pandorama happened. And so after the pandorama happened, I tore my, my meniscus while I was running um, cause everybody had, you know, everybody was home and, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of those things. And I stepped off a curb while I was running. Cause a dog was like, ch- like running towards me and I tore my meniscus and that's kind of the physical exercise. And so for the first six months, I didn't work out after that, I've been working out, um, since then. So for over two years now, I've implemented physical exercises to, uh, to be successful. So it just works. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's that slow progression where you don't know what the hell you're doing until you finally figure it out. <laughs> yeah so you just uh the amount of yoga videos i had to get through uh to find the right guy uh to help me with my yoga which tim Sanese on youtube dude's like legit man so he he's comfortable he's funny he's got dry sense of humor my kind of guy uh but i had to go through like watching a lot of weird yoga videos on youtube and sometimes those i mean sometimes that stuff gets weird like where's there's moaning and stuff and i was like okay i gotta <laughs> make sure my family knows like I'm not watching these, you know, I'm not like Will Ferrell and Step Brothers trying to watch an exercise movie for uh, for pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, so, so what's the deal with the brine and the beer? I actually don't know. So um, Lady Carnivory posted uh, this week and said, guys that are named Brian are usually tatted. That's one. That's me. Bearded. That's two. Mm-hmm. And does yoga that's three and i was like and then the, the the other thing that didn't work she goes and the fourth caveat so i was three out of the fourth fourth one was like dark beer you know like dark coffee and i was like no nah, i'm a whiskey guy so i was like no nah, i don't drink dark beer so i was like three out of four though i felt very called out and then i was like am i really that like is that true and so yeah i, I do the little you know deep dive and to google to see if that's just like a, a common you know thing mm-hmm. and apparently that was a common theme guys named brian are doing that but i I said Brian with an I, not Brian with a Y. If you're with a Y, you're white trash and you still live with your mom. So I, I, I know both. Uh, so I'm not going to yeah. confirm or deny. There you go. Uh, so. 
so, so a question that a lot of people have um, during their journeys is, uh, you know, how do they handle a plateau? Because like some people get hit a plateau and they're in it for like two weeks and then some people hit it and they're in it for six months. Did you have any plateaus while you were in your, like, before you got to your definitely, phase? Definitely. So like um, when I hit 80 pounds, like I, like I said, I, I lost 75 pounds in the first like 90 days. And so like, it was like, it, like, it melted away. Like it was like, it was like butter. Um, <laughs> little, uh, little, little reference plug. there. Little plug there for you. But literally, man, like it melted away. And for like, it took me another uh, five months to lose 25 pounds. And so for the first in 90 days, I lost, oh, I guess six months. It took me six months to lose 25 pounds after that. So I hit plateaus, but I could see my body was changing. And so like, I was like, okay. Uh, so the plateaus that I dealt with, uh, you know, were weight, it was just slowly coming off. It was just minimally coming off. And it was like frustrating. Cause I was like, why did I lose 75 so fast? And now I have to go through this. I didn't change any of my macros. I didn't change how I was eating. Uh, I just went through the levels of like reducing, you know, as you lost through carb manager, I don't know if anybody uses carb manager, but uh, it gives you levels. Their genius technology says, listen, any macros you need to eat. This is the amount of calories. This is the amount of, this is the percentage of fat, percentage of pro. And then, you know, you know, where you want to be on carbs. And so I did that. And so as it progressed down, it, I stayed with, with the levels of a thing and it finally like busted, like I busted the one hundreds. And then I slowly kept losing progressive when I lost over like 125 pounds. And, uh, when I got down to 213, I was like, okay, I'm at my like smallest weight, but like, I, I like, and I felt great, but I was like, I, I got to get better with my like strength exercising. And so at that point in time, I started doing more of like weightlifting. And so that plateau though, is that you just gotta, you just gotta ride through it. Like you're going to get there. It, eventually you're going to hit the end of the plateau and it's going to start to drop. Even if it's just a slow grade, you're, you're going to see the drop. It's, it, it, you can't get frustrated by it. You can't. And if you have to mess with your macros, mess with them a little bit, just see what works. Yeah. And uh, what, what you kind of were getting at with the, uh, how to handle the plateaus was also non-scale victories kind of thing with the, uh, you were seeing how your body was changing. Right. Um, so what were some of your, like during your initial weight loss, what were some of your favorite non-scale victories you, you experienced that you hadn't yeah. before? Uh, flying on a plane, man. So like I, uh, I was a big guy. And so I hadn't got to the point where, you know, I was, I could, I could lift up that tum-tum and stick the belt underneath where I, you know, I didn't have to get the extra extender, <laughs> but I didn't make it comfortable for people sitting next to me on a plane. And so, um, I was that big guy that would walk on a plane at like six o'clock in the morning, dressed in a suit and tie. Cause I mean, just I'd travel for those that don't know, I'm, I'm a traveling banker. And so I was traveling. And so I'd get on a plane like immediately when I get off a plane, I had meetings when I landed. Um, and so I got on dressed. And I could see the eyes staring at me. Like, that's what it, it felt like. And a lot of people were like, oh, you could have been self, you know, it could have been myself, you know, thinking that people were staring at me. But I really hated for the other person, like, especially if they were in the middle seat and I was in the aisle seat, just them getting like squished, you know? And I just mm -hmm. like, I, I hated it. And so once I lost all that weight and I stepped onto a plane for the first time as like a regular, you know, just like a my size person now, um, I say regular, but like just where I am now, smaller than I was, like, the only difference is, is I'm like six foot three. So people are just looking at me because I'm tall, not because I'm large and like, there's no issue there. And so buckling that seat on the plane, I'm like, I'm right there just pulling the strap. And I, I, I still, to this day, when I get on a plane, I still take a picture of the strap. Like I'll still take a picture of it that I'm pulling it rather than I have like an extension rather than like it's, it's, it's hanging on by its life. Uh, 
mm-hmm. why it's buckled on my old body. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I experienced that. Well, cause I, I was a, I was a the extender guy. Um, and I experienced yeah. not needing the extender the last time I flew, but, um, you a know, huge deal though. Like it that, was a huge deal. So I, I didn't need it, but then major. I asked for it because I was it was so tight. <laughs> it was so tight without it. So I was like, can I get You're that like, extender? I can't, I can't feel my legs right now. Can you give me this? <laughs> so yeah, but 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 yeah, it, it is. And um, and uh, I always like to throw this out when I, we discuss air air travel on the show for anyone out there. If you fly southwest, you can buy an extra seat up front and then they'll refund you on the back end. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like they're customer size policy and the, and they do it they can probably just write it off but then you so you pay like the double the price and then you get it back on your card when you're done and you already probably paid that off anyway so it's yeah. like free money coming back <laughs> um That's wild. but, but yeah, yeah I, I discovered that about four or five years ago um and i've used it a bunch and then it's also just nice if you and you're traveling with your family your spouse and you want to roll yeah. yourself and not have to share it with some rando <laughs> and yeah. you can do that Oh, Southwest, you get a lot of randos too. It, so. it, it, it's the Greyhound bus of, of air travel. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it's, it's, me up, actually, man. no, that would be Spirit, but that's pretty spirit. close. I was like, don't. Okay, it's, Southwest it is be, like Amtrak. Yeah, it's like you know, you're gonna you're gonna have some classy people there, but you're also gonna be dealing with some like not so like swell looking people. So, yes, I, I prefer South fly Southwest just because it's because of that policy. But um, uh, and then when I flew I flew United to Europe a couple years ago. And they, they told me that um, because I, I should have bought two tickets because of my size and that, and that I, and that I'm lucky that the plane was not full when I, when we were literally in oh, the, shit. like waiting to board the plane. Oh, are you serious? United. And I was, I was like, I was like, well, that's fucking nice. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. I was like, well, it's your own I, I was like the plane, the plane had like 30 empty seats. I'm like, I think I'm good. Like the seat next to me was empty. So yeah. fine. United, do like, and just to get off the health side, but United, it's like the worst mm-hmm. flight company for me. Um, I flew one time from um, Texas to Oregon, and our the uh, flight attendant, the lady that was, you know, where I was flying, you know, it was close to like the, it was a smaller plane, but like there was still first class, and I was sitting in first class, and this lady just was just rude to everybody, completely rude to everybody, and get off the plane, and I get into my hotel shuttle bus to get to the hotel. And the guy's like, hey, how was your flight? And I was like, well, the flight was not bumpy. I said, but the flight attendant was just a major bitch. And uh, I hear a throat clear. And she's sitting behind me. So I was, like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's what you get with United. And every time I fly with United, I always get some mm. rude person. And I'm like, man, is anybody happy here? Like, for real? Like, geez. So. Yeah. That's that the thing I like about Southwest. At least the people seem friendly for the most part. Yeah. Very, it's, it's, it's not like friendly, you know. Yeah, it's not like a yeah. United. I only flew United that one time because I couldn't fly Southwest to Europe, so yeah, it, no. it was like, and I, I was like, I was like, who has the direct flight? And it was United. So United, yeah, yeah. All right. So back to the talking about health. Um, so as you're losing and like you're like figuring out like what works for you, what doesn't, all that, right? We all have like you're obviously not doing that a hundred percent of the time. Okay. Like nobody does it yeah. all the time. So what are some of your like no. go to like if you want to call them a cheat meal, treat meal, just living your best life? What 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 are some of your go-tos as you were going through your journey? So the um uh the first two years of my keto journey, I didn't cheat. Uh I was very strict 
I was very against cheating. Uh, and like, you go back and look at my stories. I used to say, you don't, you don't put diesel in a gas engine, like a gas engine. You just don't do that. Like you just, you're going to ruin your engine. Um, but that's not sustainable. Like that's not the mentality to have. And so since then I've, I've backed away just to enjoy some of the things. Uh, the first time I had carbs was two years after my journey and I was in Vegas and I was like, I want some real freaking pizza. Like I really want some like legit pizza. And if you're in Vegas, Vegas has so much good food there, man. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a haven for great food. And so I had real pizza for the first time ever. And I was like, Oh, you know, cauliflower pizza is pretty good. You know, like it's pretty good. And then I had that and I was like, fucking cauliflower pizza sucks compared to this. Like it's just, <laughs> you, you get your stuff and like the taste buds changes. So it's a little different of a thing, but um, pizza is one of my things uh, during the holidays, uh, like during Thanksgiving, mashed potatoes, bro. Like you can't go wrong with mashed potatoes. And so I got to enjoy some of that and like a piece of pumpkin pie. And so those kind of those things, I, I still, str- I, I'm still very heavy keto. Um, but the times that I know that I'll be like enjoying myself, I'm, I'll, I'll enjoy myself because I know how to reset myself and get back to normal. It's not like I'm going to gain 45 pounds and have to worry, but it's, you know, I know how to stop and go. So. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So once you figure out how to, how to work, how to live, live with it. Right. Like you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't just have a pumpkin pie every day. Or, no, or, you can, or, back in the day, man, like, uh, you, you, like you'd I probably like, crush hey, a whole pumpkin pie. Yeah. All, all throughout it, man. Just be done with it. Be like, Hey, this is breakfast. So, <laughs> yeah. but you know, if you had the sugar-free whipped cream, you had balance. It's just like eating, drinking a diet Coke with having like $19 worth of tacos from Taco Bell. You drink that diet Coke. You're safe, bro. That's, that's balance. That's all that is. I like so. the sugar-free whipped cream that doesn't have sugar in it. Yeah. Doesn't have sugar. In it. It's just sugar-free whipped cream, bro. So, right. Right. Lando Lakes. And you just feel good about yourself. Well, the whipped cream sugar-free. Pumpkin pie is great. Because <laughs> so, the whipped cream is so, sugar-free on the front of it? So it's sugar-free? Yeah, that's what it, Yeah, it's sugar-free, man. So. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've seen that. And I actually tried some. And I was like, you know, this tastes just like, it tastes pretty close. Regular whipped cream. Yeah. yeah. It's really good, you know? Uh, all right. So kind of um, getting towards the end of talking about the health stuff. Because uh, I'm just curious. Um, while you were going, like, you talked about how you yo-yoed a lot. And like through that, take 10 years of losing mm-hmm. and gaining and losing. So were you on any other programs that didn't work for you in the same way or you didn't put in the effort or was it just like kind of just going and like winging it? So, uh, yeah, I did another program called Isogenics. Um, it's also a ship your pants kind of company. Uh, you have fast days and you have to drink these three nasty, nasty, nasty shakes. Uh, and that's, and then just drink a bunch of water throughout the day. And so three days or two days a week, you did that. And the other three days a week, you took this like shake thing and the shakes weren't bad. Like the shakes were, and I lost like 70 pounds quick. I mean, it wasn't, it was like six months. I lost 70 pounds. Um, and I got to the point where I was comfortable. I was fitting into like X two XLs comfortably and some XLs. I was like, yeah, look, look at me. I'm wearing an XL. Uh, and, uh, I sort of reward myself and that, that shit killed my metabolism. Uh, and so I stopped, I stopped it and then, mm-hmm. uh, gained the weight back. I gained like 80 pounds, man. And so I gained more weight than I lost. And, uh, so I went, found a personal trainer that was an, a nutritionist as well. So he like messed with my macros and it wasn't like a keto nutritionist. It was just like, a you know, a guy and I lost 30 pounds and I, I was lifting weights four or five times a week, working out all the time, sweating like a motherfucker. And I 
couldn't lose more than 30 pounds. My metabolism was not allowing me to, to, to stop mm-hmm. anything. And like, if I was losing an exorbitant amount of weight and I was gaining an exorbitant amount of muscle, I can, it makes sense, but it wasn't that like, it, it had nothing to do with that. And so for a few years, I just like sulked in myself because for like six months I did this, uh, this nutrition and working out. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a big guy forever. And, uh, throughout those like two or three years, people that I knew were doing keto and I'd be like, Oh, I could, you know, I gotta have my tortilla chips. I gotta have my bread. I gotta have my pasta. And, uh, I had that conversation internally in my head. And then one day, um, decided to do it. My wife and I decided to do it. She just needed to lose a little bit of weight. I needed to lose a lot of bit of weight. And once I figured out as a numbers game and I'm a numbers guy, I fell in love with it. And I was like, okay, this is making me feeling good. Uh, and so, um, I did that. And so that's just kind of the journey. It was it, but like those companies are shit. Like if you have to take a pill or if you have to drink a shake to make you feel good, you're in the wrong side. You're in the wrong side. You're, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're there to make a profit. So they're not really yeah. there to, to help you lose weight. Um, they, they, they want a recurring customer. So they need to help you lose a little bit of weight and then, yeah. and then they don't care because you'll, you'll keep coming yeah. back as you have falls or you know whatever um exactly one of the other things i wanted to mention before we get off the health questions um is or health topics is that you i mentioned in the beginning of the show you are starting your podcast i mean it's starting as we're recording in two days but when this comes out it'll be out for about two weeks um yeah. so, so 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 you do an i feel butter um don't you tell the folks about it where they can find it all that good stuff. Okay. Awesome, man. So, um, for those that don't know, I was the co-host of just add butter, you know, uh, it was a name that I came up with. And so that's why I kept the, yeah, I feel butter. Um, uh, my co-host, uh, Steven, AKA chicken and chaffles, uh, has retired from keto. And so we, uh, we, we wrapped the, the podcast. Um, and I uh, decided that I still wanted an avenue to, to go off of and you know, that I had some good, good thoughts and I wanted to reach out to some more people, get different people on. And so I, uh, I started feeling, feeling butter about creating a new podcast and I, uh, um, very excited. And so it airs January 31st. And so, you know, while your uh, listeners will hear this in like two weeks, uh, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on Google podcasts, anchor, stitcher, um, cast box, anything that anywhere you can put it, it's there. Um, it's also, uh, it has a YouTube channel. And so I'll have my, uh, videos out there with my interviews and then my different tips and tricks for keto are going to be now, uh, my Avenue there for the podcast, uh, to show you, you know, what it's there. And so kind of developing a different brand, uh, all the while still being a keto podcast. Awesome. Um, I'm jacked. I'm jacked about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's like, so. I really love hearing my, myself talk. And so that's like my favorite thing. So is it, so. Is, is it your favorite thing to hear yourself talk? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm the best there is, man. So <laughs> yeah, the best there is. <laughs> so Brett, Brett, Brett Hart got nothing on you, man. No, I know he doesn't, man. So especially after the seizure or yeah, he had a, yeah, was it the seizure or the, the, stroke. the stroke? He had the stroke, man. So he's stroke. not the same, but I'm the best there is now. Somebody so. will just super kick you and take care of that. And you'll be right in the same boat. <laughs> Freaking Goldberg. So, yeah. All right. So, so everybody check out Brian's new, new venture. I feel better. Um, and we'll have links to the, 
show and the socials and this um, show notes to this episode. Um, all right. So before we get to the wrap up questions, I always like to ask everybody about a hobby or interest they have that's not weight loss or fitness related. Um, so what, what's yours on that topic? So my hobby uh, is now, so I'm like the co-owner of the shred shed. I'm the co-owner. I'm the owner of my shred shed. It's my, uh, my gym in my shed. It's the shred shed. So my hobby now is, is weightlifting. And so I've, uh, I've got into um, more of the bio science. And so it's kind of health related, but it's my new thing. And then my, my podcast, which is also health related. And, I, and so this is a really hard question, Brad. It really is. Um, you know, I coach, I coach sports. Um, so I'm, I coach my daughter in, uh, soccer and basketball. I coach my son in baseball. I'll coach him in football in the fall. And so one of my hobbies is it's not health related. It's just youth coaching. Um, I love it. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just the connections that I build with these kids, even my own kids, like my, my own kids, especially, but like the different kids I've coached, the soccer team I coached that I just retired from, um, I had six and a half years with, with a lot of those kids. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just building a, it's about building a healthy atmosphere for these kids to want to play and have fun rather than just be competitive and beat down. And so that's, that, that, that was the type of coaches I hated growing up as the coaches that were just like overly competitive, even though I'm overly competitive, but they try to beat you down and tear you back up rather than just like build you up and then build on strengths and have fun with it. Um, And so the results spoke for themselves and so like great soccer family uh basketball we have a great basketball family too so it's it's a different world so coaching youth sports is my uh is my hobby i know that sounds weird but that's one of my biggest hobbies so yeah it's 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 great because it it gives you kids like a you know positive reinforcement rather than the negative that you always see i mean i I know growing up we'd see I, i didn't really play sports but um, you'd see the coaches like just tearing people apart Man, <laughs> a, like during practices after school. And mm-hmm. I'm always like, yeah, that makes me not want to play that or not want to do it, that. It, see, my brother and I are two different people. So he, my brother's a cop. And so he, he had no problem with uh, being yelled at. Uh, and so like coaches would yell at him and he would have this like different, like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta play better. So this coach doesn't yell at me. Coach yelled at me. I smart ball. I, I, I'd say something stupid and like, myself where I had to run more so I was really good at running I was very good at conditioning um so you could run me all you wanted I I was used to it but I was uh I I always was I geared toward the coaches that cared uh mm-hmm. more about this more than the more about the person rather than the sport and so I uh I, I kind of went off that way because you can have those coaches that are they build off your strengths they they make it fun but they can still be hard they're they're a player's coach but they can still push you um and that's a coach that's able to like, you know, adapt and adjust his coaching styles. And the ones that are just hard and tough and think that, you know, this is how I say, and this is what's going to be, how it's going to be, blah, 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 blah. The players don't perform. And those players aren't like, Oh, that's the coach that I remember. I remember the coach that actually like gave me a shot and let me be who I was going to be. And so that's what I want to be for kids is that there's too many parents nowadays, too many coaches nowadays that are way too hard, way too fast on kids. And they, they stop having fun. They stop mm-hmm. having fun and it becomes a job. I'm like, they're eight, and nine years old. My daughter's 11 now. I said, this is not a job. This is to have fun. Like you can still ask them and, and, you know, get them to meet your expectations, but be better about it because it's the adult in the, the, the situation usually is the problem. And so it just pisses me off. It's a topic that I want to write a book on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was in, in high school, cause, uh, cause of my large size, the one coach wanted me for football. He tried to talk me into it one time at school. Cause he was, he was, a he wasn't a teacher, but he would be there sometimes for other stuff. And, uh, and I, it was like, it was like, he was, he's like, well, he's like, don't you think it'd be good? You, you can come out to the football team and like, you know, have the, like he tried to sell me on it, but he was very bad at selling on it. And, and then, um, and then I was like, uh, and I was, I was like, well, what, what would it get me? What, why would it benefit me? Because I really had no interest. And he's, yeah. he's, he's like, well, he's like, you could, you could help us win. I was just like, it's about, I, the, it's about the W. And I'm like, and I, I was just like, I was like, that's not the point. Like, that's not what gets me. It just wasn't at the time what would get me going to yeah. want to do that. Plus, like, I was like, I see way too many injuries of people that play football. And I was like, uh, was yeah, I, I didn't want that. Man. All right. So, transitioning from football and coaching, we'll go into what I call Brett's Corner, which is my five wrap up questions for the podcast. Yeah. Are you ready? Um, go for it, man. Is it is it rapid speed? It can so, be. Uh, I don't have a. I just moved. I, I actually have a. I actually have a bell, but yeah, I, don't those, where, I don't know where the hell it is. Tail. I have yeah. a. I have a Bob Ross bobblehead. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number one. What movie, TV show, or event are you most excited for in the coming year? Oh, in the coming year. Um, Well, the uh, the final season of Walking Dead is going on, so that comes back in February. The show's uh, still on. I, yeah, the show's still on, man. And so it's not as good as it was. Not saying yeah. I I, I, place, I, but... I, uh, I jumped off out of the plane when Rick did when Rick got on the plane. When he got on the plane, yeah. That's when that's when I jumped he, off. It's so it's it's there's still been some good parts there, but the uh, it's the final season, so they're kind of wrapping up that mm-hmm. that present they created, and that's the this season. So that's one of those things, and then. Um, uh recently dexter's last season the new season came out on showtime and it's phenomenal and so that those were the two things that i'm pretty excited by so awesome i haven't seen either i i haven't watched the walking dead in a long time one of my friends is like you should watch it again for the last season i'm like i haven't watched it in like four years there was some there was some like eh, there was some like this is this doesn't make any sense mine was uh the scene when remember when glenn was like under a dumpster and then he was in like a doorway, like in a re- uh, revolving door, and like he got away from both of those situations. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that wouldn't happen." Like that was just that. Yeah, I, I mean, we're you in a zombie. Did. We're talking. We're talking about a zombie apocalypse in general, but like, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't buy it." And then he died like a couple episodes later, anyway. So it didn't really matter. Oh, well, that was it's Negan. So and yeah. Negan's my favorite character. He's still there, and Negan is just the. Well, he's a good he's guy a good now, guy. right? Is he a good guy now? He's still Negan, though. He's still Negan, so he's, but, but but he's on yeah. the he's on the good side, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. He's yeah. still on his side. He's still on Negan's side. So. Okay. Uh, number two. What are two non-health related goals you have for the next year? Oh, t- two non-related health goals that I have for this year. Huh. So, work-wise, I've been in banking for like seventeen years, and I'm on the cusp of becoming exec. Like I'm, I'm like a mid-level executive, but I'm on the cusp of becoming a senior executive. And so that's one of my things is that I have a couple of chances this year to promote to a senior executive. And so I'm working my ass off towards that uh, to get to that point. And, you know, being only 37 years old, is huge in that, in, in that area. But I mean, I have 17 years, almost 18 years in banking that, you know, it's there. So that's, that's a goal that I'm working towards to be a senior executive for my bank. Cool. Cool. Anything else? Boring as boring as hell, right? <laughs> so, 
No, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean or, 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 you know, work promotions and all that, and like work. You want you want career you want those career goals just you want those weight loss goals right so and yeah, weightlifting so goals just it's another part of life goals man so, uh, the weightlifting goals is just to get shredded like that's the whole point so I'm uh, I'm a lean on some biohackers that I'm that I'm been in contact with and uh, get them to change up my nutrition to see if I can like change up my body type rather than you know have dad bod you know have still have a dad bod but you know just a, a more shredded version of a dad bod. So we'll see that it's, it's, that's ongoing. That's, that's, that's buffering right now. So it's buffering on the chub, chub side. So, you know, <laughs> I'll get there. Nice. But, All right. Uh, number three is if someone came to you saying they were lacking motivation to stay consistent, what three pieces of advice would you give them? So the first advice is to be your own motivation. Uh, find things that motivate you. Uh, if it's taking pictures, if it's close sizes, you know, find your non-skills victories fast because if you're going to rely on weight and weight only, it's it's a tough situation. Don't let the scale be the, the, the what decides how you're going to how you're going to work towards your weight loss goals. Um, push yourself. Be more. Try different things. You know, in my mind, I didn't think I could eat cauliflower at all, and now it's just like a daily thing that I'm like, oh, I'm going to have some cauliflower. It's not bad, and now, like it's it smells like garbage, tastes like it too, um, but. It's, it, it is what you have to, you, you have to find your, uh, yourself in these, in this side, um, be intentional in, in intensely, intensely intentional is my new, my new saying. So that's number two is be intensely intentional. So when you decide something, go at it as hard as you can go at it as hard as you can. Don't have uh, this like major goal in mind. Just go at it as hard as you can and see the results that you're going to put in play and then take your time. Take time to yourself. If you feel like you need a break, you feel like I need a mental break, find what's going to work, find a healthy alternative. Or, you know, if you need a piece of pizza, eat a piece of pizza, like, but don't make yourself guilty about it. Turn, don't turn the piece of pizza into two large size pizza hut, you know, stuffed crust pieces with like 42 wings and a side thing of like Hershey cake, you know, be mindful of it. But that's, that's it. Find, find what you're, what, what can make you feel a little bit better if you need it. Awesome. I like those, especially, I mean, I haven't talked about pizza in a long time, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Number four, uh, what have you discovered about yourself during your journey or transformation that surprised you the most? Um, so the, I, the, the first thing is like the, the personal journey, like six months in, uh, I started to, to like reflect on like the mental health side of my health journey. And, uh, I started seeing, I had somebody reach out and say, Hey, did you ever have ED? And I was like, bro, nah, nah, I had no problem in the bedroom. Like that's nothing wrong there. Didn't realize ED was eating disorder, not, you know, (laughs) the other thing. Uh, And so I was like, Oh no, like, okay. And then, uh, and so when I discovered that I, uh, I, I figured out like what triggered me. And so that was one of the things that surprised me most is that I, one, I found that I had an eating disorder, not realizing that I had an eating disorder. And then two, um, I went through and know, I figured out what my triggers were and what to avoid, how to avoid it and have a plan of action. If, uh, if I, if I get down that road. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, make, make, makes a lot of sense and yeah, it, different types of EDs. Yeah, it's like it went to a guy you hear ED, you're like, bro, I'm like in my thirties. Like I'm well, not I'm not well, on that well, blue pill yet. So well, yeah, well the first time I so I saw it on Instagram somebody talking about there was a woman talking about ED and I'm like, She's not talking about the same ED I'm thinking of. 
like, and she was, and, and then and then somebody somebody in the comments is like, yeah, I have an eating disorder too. I'm like, oh, that ED. You're like, oh, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was I, it was a I, different I, world, man. Yeah, definitely. All right, last question: If in 150 years science fails to save us, and all that is left is a book about your life, what would the title be, and what would the blurb tell us about Keto Brian? Uh, the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. So, ain't first or last. So, so. <laughs> a little mixture between Bret Hart and Ricky Bobby. So, just uh, yeah, I, I I I like it, and it's so it's so so on so on. <laughs> Those are two people that would never mix. <laughs> they shouldn't, but they they will though. They, they will. They, they will. All right. And my and my that's that's who I am. I'm a mixture of Ricky Bobby and Bret Hart. So. But, okay. Uh, we'll, anyway. we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they ever make it to the WrestleMania main event. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, you, you know when when Wolfrow was going nuts with all his stuff with like when he was like big like huge actor. Like I'm surprised yeah. he didn't do like something crazy like that. Like not not, not I, to be not to be like in a main event, but just to be like at some like live like thing David like that. Arquette. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. He he, uh, he he just didn't go that route, man. I, so. I, I know. Um, all right. So I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. It was great having you on, even with our multiple technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, so uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you on Instagram or anywhere else on the internet? At keto.brian, uh, also at I Feel Butter Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I'm at I Feel Butter on YouTube and at keto.brian on TikTok as well. It's, you know, the content that you're going to find on TikTok is my humor. And so it makes me laugh. And so sometimes it doesn't, it, it, it falls flat on the world, but it makes me laugh. And so it has it's a place for me to go share my, uh, my own humor for me. Um, there's that. But those are the three, the three or four, four avenues that you can go to. Awesome. And we'll have links to all those in the show notes. I want to thank everybody for listening or watching this all the way to the end. Congratulations. You made it. Thanks for that. Uh, make sure you check out the show notes for the links to all of Brian's accounts and I feel butter accounts and all that goodness. Uh, be sure to check out my website, becomingbrett.com, which will be updated someday in the future. You can follow me at becoming Brett on Instagram and Twitter show the show on Instagram at becoming more pod. Uh, make sure you give us a five-star review and DM me your thoughts about the show. I've gotten plenty of them <laughs> and make sure you come back next week to learn how we can all become more.